In a world where there are many sports podcasts, one stands above them all. Three teams, two leagues, one dream. It's Triple Threat with your hosts, Jeremiah, Eric, and Sam. And they only have one question for you. Are you ready for some football? All right. What is going on, everyone? It's Triple Threat back at you with another one. Oh, man. We here. We here, dogs. You're here and we're ready to get Yep. And let me just say crazy. Brain racking week for the NFL. For real. For real. Things have been happening left, right, front, center, up and down, sideways, long ways, diag- you know, everywhere. Every angle you could think of. Yeah. Every weird turn you could think of. It's happened. It's all happened, bro. And we're here to give you the update. Yeah. Even though you probably heard it already, we're still here to give it to you. More than likely, you've you've heard about most of this stuff, like J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals. That kind of thing's probably old news now. But like, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. First, we're going to cover our biggest portion of the episode, which is every single release that has happened this week. And let me tell you, there have been several. But we're going to try and make this short and sweet. All right, hit it up. All right, so the first release we had this week was the Vikings releasing Kyle Rudolph, tight end. Ah, Kyle Rudolph, man. Now that was kind of weird. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Kyle Rudolph is like, Really good. Yeah. And so, I mean, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because you you need offensive players that right. can be studs for you, and you're dropping this man like a hot potato. And so, I'm kind of confused on that one. Like, where are you coming from? You well. Know, with my little knowledge about the Viking situation, with my limited knowledge, I just, ah, man, like, I'm just trying to figure out what angle they're coming from at this point. They do have an okay depth at tight end. The only one I can really think of at this point right now is um, their backup, I believe, is Tyler Conklin, who I have actually heard is a very nice backup co- or tight end to have. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know how he's going to fit in when he's the main starter once they release Kyle Rudolph. I know. Who, honestly, I don't think he deserved this. I feel like he still has a couple good years left in him. But I guess the Vikings feel like he's run out of steam. Yeah, see, but that's where honestly, I'm coming from, too. My man yeah. played – he had some games where he played better than their their number one receivers, like Adam Thielen. Like, he had games where he played – Or Stephon Diggs. Or Stephon Diggs. Man, yeah. I'm just saying, how could you be dropping this man like that? 
Well, his age, you have to factor that into it. Tyler Conklin, I believe, is like maybe a couple or a few years younger than um, – I think he's only a couple years younger than yeah. Kyle Rudolph. And some people say he's more functional and more, you know, um, what is it? Uh, versatile? Useful. Yeah, oh, more yeah. versatile. Thank you. Um, people say he's better than um, – Kyle Rudolph, and honestly, we haven't seen enough of him because he is the backup. Yeah. But you get the feeling that if he really was that good, why didn't the Vikings get rid of Kyle Rudolph and roll with Tyler Conklin in the first place? Yeah. Exactly. But honestly, whatever happens will happen. The Vikings may aim for a tight end either in this draft or maybe the next year. But you never know. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Exactly right. All right, so the second release we have is the New York Giants, and they release Golden Tate. This one actually surprised me a little bit because the Giants are not really known for having that much depth at the wide receiver position in the first place, so why give up one of them? Yeah, for real. I mean, you kind of need them right now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know why you're dropping like one of your best receivers in Golden Tate, but it's the Giants. Ultimately, they do what they want, practically. True. It don't matter what effect it's got on their franchise. Yeah, but, I mean, you own, they drop Golden Tate. What else do they have? They have Sterling Shepard, and they have... Darius um, Slayton. Darius Slayton, and they yeah, have Evan Ingram for pass catchers. Yeah. And last last year, who do you think stepped up? Because, you know, the Giants, they couldn't run the ball. Saquon yeah. was out. He was done for the year. For the entire year, for real life. Yeah, how else Week were they going to – How else were they going to play? I mean, it it makes no sense why the, why the Giants would release wide receivers that literally bailed their season up this year. Yeah, it, but don't, I, it don't make a whole lot of sense. You got to pick up some defensive pieces right now. You can't worry about that receiving core being a weakness because you can't afford to have another weakness for real. True. Yeah. And if we're talking about two different things, their offense and their defense, I'm sorry to say, as high powered as their offense could be, it's not. They're not working it right. They're yeah. not utilizing Saquon like they should. Daniel Jones has way more potential. We saw that somewhat this season and a lot last season, but he has so much more potential than they're allowing him to show or than he's letting on. You know, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, you know, Darius Slayton, they have so much potential, and yet New York isn't doing anything with those pieces. And it kind of comes down to the point of, is it the coaching staff? Is it the front office? Is it the players? You know, you don't know who to point the finger at. But honestly, for right now, I think the best place to point the finger at is just the organization in general. You know, a collaboration of everything, the players, the coaches, the front office. Everyone's to blame in some small part. In some, yeah, for real. All right, so we'll move on to our third release, which actually is number one on my list because there was a rumor about it, and then it actually happened about three days later. 
Alex Smith released by Washington. Now, I actually heard from him. It was in an interview earlier this year, whenever he actually returned from his injury. Yeah. From his last two years of the injury recovery. Um, apparently, whenever he came back, Washington wasn't ready for it. They actually thought that he was never going to take the field again. Wow. And so, honestly, he kind of threw a wrench into their plans, which, honestly, I'm sure Washington, you think, would be grateful for that because he literally won them the games that got them to the playoffs. Yeah. Before he got injured again. But the fact that they, like, he threw a wrench into their plans by beating an in an injury that no one thought was possible to come back from. And then all of a sudden your team goes, well, we didn't think you were going to be back. So we didn't plan for this. So, um, you can go. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. Alex Smith deserved better than this. And I know Chad Heineke, amazing breakout star in the playoffs. No one thought he was going to come that close to beating the bucks, but honestly, you got rid of the quarterback that came back from an injury two years ago who the doctor said would never walk again. He walks out on that field and he wins you eight or nine games that literally boosts you in, boots you into the playoffs in the yeah. wild card spot. And you're going to cut him. And you're going to cut him. I mean, that doesn't make any sense for real. But if then again, it's Washington. And Washington's been bad for for a pretty good while, and there's got to be a good reason for that. And well, I don't think it's the players. They're top three on the worst franchises in the NFL right now. Number yeah. one is Houston. Number two is is uh, New York, and number three is Washington. Man, let's just be honest. And like all the people, and like Washington could could make it to the playoffs easy because all the people in their in their um, conference, are garbage, man. Exactly. The Cowboys, could, the Eagles, they the, could top the, it easy. the Giants, they're not I mean, solid competition. Yeah, and they have so much skill on the offensive and defensive. They don't utilize it as well as they should. They yep. should have had, if they play correctly and play smart, they should have had a 10-6 and six record this year. Yeah. Look at all the pieces they have. They don't have a decent offensive line, but they've got Antonio Gibson, someone who's actually an up-and-coming star at that running back position for them since AP left. You have, you know, Chad Heineke, who stepped up. You had uh, Alex Smith, who literally came back, like I said, from a two-year injury, walked onto a field that he shouldn't have even been able to walk onto, according to the doctors, and won you nine games. You have Terry McLaurin, a really good wide receiver that you do not use that much, sadly. And then defense. You got Ryan Kerrigan, amazing defensive player. It gives me chills every time he takes the field. Daron Payne. Do they still have Josh Norman? Uh, shoot. Is, I'm pretty sure he's there. Unless he – yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, they still get – well – let me okay. let me check that out real fast. Just to be sure. Okay, but yeah, they have all these pieces, but just like Houston, just like New York, just like ah, oh, so many teams, they don't utilize them correctly, and it annoys me so much. 
Josh Norman plays for Buffalo. I, I forgot. That's who I thought. It's Buffalo. I thought they had traded him. But anyway, yeah. they have so many pieces. It just it blows my mind some of these teams. They have so many good players, and they either give them up for pennies or they literally just don't utilize them to their full potential. Yeah, for real. I mean, it blows my mind, and I don't want to get too far off topic. So, Sammy, I can give you can give your input real quick, and then we'll get back on to the topics. Oh, man, dude, Alex Smith going, like, man, that's just Washington, bro, for real. I, I get it. Man's getting a little older. He's injury-prone, for real. But, like, yeah. you got to show some respect to my guy. Yeah. You got to show some respect because, I mean, he's coming off an injury that almost cost him his life. Didn't expect yeah. him to get back. Didn't expect him to be able to run or walk again like he normally – like he used to. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, ah, that's a cool story and all. We like you, but you're a great guy. But, like, sorry, but you're gone. Like, who does that? Like, for real. A lot of teams, sadly. There have been – I can't remember exactly, but there have been a lot of teams who traded their star players for some reason. Yeah. It's it's sad to think about, but it has happened, and it hurts. But that's just how the NFL is, you know. It's not like a lot of other sports where they – you know, the players can just say, I want to stay or I want to go. And the teams would just be like, all right, I guess that's it. I guess you're just here. The teams, the front office has too much power. It's so annoying. Yeah. They make all the choices. The players have no freedom whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it just makes me sad sometimes. But good luck to Alex Smith. Hopefully he'll go someplace that can utilize him to the best of his ability. And, you know, Godspeed to him. Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to our next player, which is um, Desmond Trufant, released by the Lions. Now, this one, everyone probably saw coming. Desmond Trufant has really gone downhill, and he's gotten a lot older since his prime and, you know, since his prime days with the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty good in his prime. Yeah. And then they lost that Super Bowl. And they started getting a little older and slower. And then they sent him off to the Lions. Or Lions picked him up in free agency. And then, man. It was crazy for Desmond Trufant. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed him as a cornerback. He was one of my more favorite ones growing up. Yeah. You know. The early to mid two thousand or mid two thousand tens. Sorry, he was drafted in like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. But um he was very you know, he was he was that cornerback for the Falcons that you could like personally root for because their defense back in the mid two thousand tens, they weren't that good. And to have a player like Desmond Trufant come out to that onto that field and kinda, you know, jazz up the the entire team, you know, it's yeah, hard for one player to make you watch a defensive, you know, a defensive play. It's hard yeah. to get that anymore, but he did that. It was crazy to me, and 
I enjoyed him a lot, and I know Jeremiah did too. Yeah. But hopefully he'll find another place to go. Maybe he goes back to Atlanta. Maybe they take him back. Maybe, because, I, I mean, we know but, they got A.J. Terrell, but, I mean, they ain't got a whole lot else. And uh, in the Lions yeah. point of, uh, situation right now, I don't know why you're doing this, dog. You're dropping a veteran cornerback. You're doing Unless you're planning on picking up somebody like Patrick Sertan in the draft, I don't know what you're thinking. But, like, they may ride that route. I don't know yet. Or somebody we'll like, uh, uh, what's that, C.J. Horn? Or uh, J.C. JC Horn, Caleb Farley. Yeah, and Caleb Farley. Yeah. One of them dogs, so. Yeah. All right. But we'll – We'll just have to see. All right, so we got about three more. Well, two more releases in one franchise tag. Um, so the Saints have – they did not release. They cut Thomas Morstead, who is their punter, which everyone's just like, ooh, a punter, you have a punter on your list. You know, shut these guys off. We don't like to listen to this anymore. <laughs> uh, but you got to understand, Thomas Morstead has played at – the Saints for 12 seasons. I believe his rookie year was actually the year they played in the Super Bowl against Yay. the Peyton Manning-led Colts. Yes. He was amazing. I watched I I rewatched his highlights from that game. Yeah. Amazing punter. Crazy. Most people don't talk about a punter like that, but the man, he wasn't very place. He wasn't a place huh? punter, you know. He could like aim for a spot and hit it every time, yeah. you know, you know, nudge it just at the right place to pin the team back. But he was very versatile as in he, I believe uh, if I'm not mistaken, the second half of that Super Bowl, uh, Sean Payton made the gutsy call to come out into a regular kicking formation, but then turn it into an onside kick. And he used Thomas Morstead for that. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it was very beautiful. The bounce was perfect. The Saints retained possession. It was amazing. Um, so he's very he's very versatile. He could have been a kicker rather than a punter. Probably gotten a bit more glory. But honestly, for what he did, mad respect for Thomas Morstead. Yep. All right, then. Moving on. All right. So next we have the Seahawks releasing Josh Gordon. This makes sense. Josh Gordon hasn't been near as dominant as he was back, you know, a few years ago. Uh huh. Yeah, for real. Um, shoot, like his earlier years in the Browns, man. Uh, then he got hooked up on what drugs, fixed himself up, I think so. and then went to Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And then because the Browns got rid of him. And then he fixed himself up and got in a rehab or something like that. And then went to Seahawks and then made it to uh uh I believe he rode with them to those Super Bowls that they went to in the mid two thousands or the early to mid two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I'm oh yeah, be, and then he went but... to I'm I'm sorry, he went to the Patriots. Um, yeah, I yeah, I was trying to think all the other ones he went to, but yeah, 
I believe he was a Brown at first. Then he went to the Patriots. They couldn't do anything with him, so they sent him off to the yeah. Seahawks. And from there on, I guess the rest is history. He was honestly a really – I will say he's honestly very amazing, very good number two or number three – excuse me, number three or number two receiver. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I hate to say it, Josh Gordon really doesn't have much more use than that. Yeah. He's not a number one. He's not the guy you can rely on every single time down the field to catch the ball. No, really. He's not a Tyreek. No. He's not a Stefan Diggs. Exactly. You know, he's not a leading receiver. He's the John Brown or the Cole Beasley to the Stefan Diggs, or he's the McCole Hardman or Sammy Watkins to the Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know, he's that secondary or third ch- choice in a way. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on that? Uh, no, not really. Because, I mean, I get where you're coming from as the Seattle Seahawks. So, I mean, dropping him ain't all that big a deal. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not that hard to see. Uh, Doug Baldwin was targeted so much more, even though he was a bit older than Josh Gordon. Um, you also had – Tyler Lockett, you mean? Tyler Lockett, yes. Retired, I believe. And so it's Tyler Lockett and DK were getting most of the receptions. Yeah, and DK. That was my next choice. Even in his rookie year, DK Metcalf was targeted more times than Josh Gordon was. Yeah. That's crazy to think about, but you got to remember, Josh Gordon is honestly more functioning whenever he's a secondary or, you know, a third option, like I said. But that's just me. Other people have their thoughts on him, but that's just mine. Okie dokie. All right. And finally, we have our franchise tag, the only one that I've been notified about. Um, the The Broncos franchise tagging Justin Simmons. I believe this was a very smart move. He's still very young. I believe he's in his second or third season with them. And... He actually has shown up quite a bit because their safety position hasn't been that good. Yeah, for a little while. Yeah. And the cornerback situation when he became a rookie was very, very, like, volatile, very unstable. Yes. You know, until they got Chris Chris Harris, Harris, I believe, a year later. Yeah, I believe maybe they picked up Chris Harris and Justin Simmons like a year apart or maybe the same year, but... Either way, they came out there and they were very dominant. And it made people for the first time since, I believe, Steve Atwater actually scared of the Broncos secondary. Yeah, and you could argue B-Doc, too. Brian Dawkins. He was, yeah, a he was a Bronco for like, it was like one or two oh, seasons. yeah, back end of his career. But, uh. What, wasn't that the back end of his career? Or was that before he was in? No, nah, I was in the back end of his career. It was for like okay. a year or two. That's why I forgot. Yeah. But ever since then, I mean, no one's really been scared of the Broncos secondary. No team's yeah. ever, you know, second guess throwing it up for a wide receiver downfield. But with Justin Simmons lurking along with, you know, Chris Harris, and um, I believe they picked up someone else. Was it? Uh, it was, um, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, not Desmond. Was it 
Chargers, man, it's uh, um, Chargers, Casey Hayward, or was it um? It wasn't Casey. It was that other dude. Oh yeah, Eagles. Uh, anywho, I can't think of the name, y'all. But like, yeah, that de- yeah. that defensive backcourt is. It, you could argue decently solid now. So like, yeah, it's way tighter than it has yeah. been in a while. In a while, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll cut to break now. That's all the releases we have. And next half is going to be the fun part because we get to debate about a few things. So we'll be back after this. And we're back. So we're back at this episode after the break. Brought back from the break. By Anchor. Sammy, would you like to explain Anchor for a brief second? Oh, man, y'all, for real. The easiest, the freest, freest is. Not really a word in this term. But it works. I'm talking about cash, y'all, for real. And it will work. But, like, it's free, y'all, for real. Why not check it out? It's free. You can make some money, get some sponsors for real. Start your own podcast. If you've been thinking about it for a while, this is your time. Started out with Anchor, for real. Free. Uh, It's got all the tools you need. Got the editing stuff. So really easy. just drop it. It's self-explanatory, so they make it real simple for y'all. And um, and it's free. And like I said, you can make some money out of it, too. So, for real, start it up. A lot of fun. A so lot much fun. fun. All right. So, we're going to get back into our stuff. This time, we're talking about some, eh, some controversial issues. Um, yeah. But also some very big developments. Now, this is very late, but... I believe Monday or Tuesday, we got our answer to a very big question that has been plaguing the mind of every single NFL fan, no matter if you're a Houston Texans fan or what. doesn't matter what your team. You've, you've definitely wrecked your brain about this more than once or even just once Yeah. after the development. J.J. Watt signing with a team. He finally released his statement on, I believe it was Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, I got the notification. Or, well, I'd seen it on my social. Yeah, on my social feed, I'd seen it like an hour after he brought it up. I, I looked at it kind of weird because it, all it was was him squatting in a uh, Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals Arizona Cardinals shirt with like colors of red in the background you know wearing the red i was kind of yeah. confused by it. i was like that's strange he said and all he said was the source and it's then he me. put up me is me yeah yeah and i was like huh that's hold up yeah he like, went to arizona he reunited with his friend his bud andre hopkins yep and honestly Legend. i i would say this if Kyler Murray were, were, you know, if Kyler Murray was worse than he is and if he wasn't producing like they thought he would, I honestly think the Cardinals could get rid of him and get Deshaun and just bring all three of them back together. But we're not going to get into that. Basically, Conspiracies. The details, yeah. Basically, the details behind J.J.'s signing is he is signing a two-year deal worth $31 million with Arizona 
and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he uh, twenty million is guaranteed. It was something like that. Yeah, it was kind of is is a little bit like what he was making back in Houston or whatever. It's like I think it's fifteen mil contract or something like yeah. that. Is around there, but anywho, services he's making chump change. Yeah, but the I fact that twenty mil, that. Yeah, yeah, but the fact that twenty mil is guaranteed, and you know, I believe only about five or six mil of this money is a uh, signing bonus. Yeah, and if you fraction that down, let me do the math real quick. Uh, five. That's about two and a half million a year, which honestly, like I said, for someone who's played this long and is still somewhat dominant like him, yeah, chump change. Yeah, and if it's, you're if you're Russell Wilson at this point, you gotta be asking out, dog. Yeah, you got but you got Nick Bosa, you got J.J. Watt now, you got all them dogs, Aaron Donald. All them guys going to be chasing you down, and you got that offensive line like you do? Yeah. You want out. Man, for real. But, yeah, it's a crazy topic. Most people were thinking he was going to go, you know, Green Bay because Wisconsin is where he lives. Uh, Some people, I think, were saying, uh, I think it was Chicago because that's where his wife plays soccer. Or maybe it was somewhere else. Um People were saying Pittsburgh, he could go reunite with his brothers and play over there. You know, they were saying all these different teams. But honestly, as soon as um, I had somewhat of a suspicion about Arizona, I believe some people, you know, the people that actually paid attention to everything, you had to have some suspicion of Arizona because, come on, DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt, before Deshaun ever came on the scene – they were great. They were, you know, they were the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. Hop was the heart and soul of that offense, and J.J. Watt was the same on defense. You know, you saw the chemistry, and, I mean, who honestly was going to question that he was going to choose where a former teammate was or someone he knew? That's why I believe Arizona should have been on everyone's watch list. It wasn't top on mine, not in any capacity, but – you know, it's one of those things. And people are annoying me because they're saying if he wanted to ring so bad, he should have gone somewhere other than Arizona. Well, there's really no other upstart team that has the cap space or the, uh, you know, the relationship with J.J. Watt. Yeah. For him to sign to get a ring. And the Cardinals have so much potential this year. They, they had do it last year. Potential. Yeah, they had it last year too, but they don't. But they have so much more now that they have another edge rusher to pair up with Chandler Jones. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So I hope they get really far this year. Now I'm hoping they take it a pretty good ways too, for JJ Watt's sake. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of respect to my guy, man. Like that dude, respect earned, man. Mad respect for that dog. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next controversial subject. Very controversial for a lot of people. Indeed. Dak Prescott wants to be paid. 
He wants to get paid. His agent has come out and said, Dak wants to be paid. How much? Well, he's kind of given us a riddle of some sorts. He, you know, he hasn't come out and said an amount. He has said he wants to be paid right behind Patrick Mahomes. So, and who got half a billion. Yes. Half a in billion. In the vicinity of it. He's not saying half a billion. He's saying in the vicinity of it, pretty yeah, close to it. Yeah, next to it. Insanity. I'm sorry. Which number Dak is not even close. Yeah. And people are on the Dak train, which I can kind of get. He's very good. He's very, you know, he's got the weapons that's to surround him. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got all these pieces. And you could say that Dallas's problem during the season and getting to the playoffs is their defense. And I can see that argument. But fundamentally, when it comes to the offense, if you're going to become a pass-first rather than a run-first team like they have been, yeah, you need that quarterback that's going to do that. And Dak could be that quarterback. And I believe Emmett Smith said it the best way possible uh, a couple months ago. He came out and he said uh, the difference between Tony Romo and Dak Prescott was that Tony Romo, it seemed like the Cowboys were more dedicated to Tony Romo. He said, I don't, it doesn't seem like the Cowboys are really dedicated to Dak Prescott, which I can see. They, if they were completely dedicated to each other, they would have already come to terms on contract information. Yeah, It wouldn't have been that difficult. But the problems that they've had, I believe, stems from a very bad relationship between Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott, which has festered over time. And the fact that they released Jason Garrett and got Mike McCarthy, which isn't really an upgrade. It's more of, you know, on the same plane, just, you know, bigger guy. I mean, it's really, they haven't made much of a culture change. No. They picked up C.D. Lamb. That's pretty much the only big culture change they did. Yeah, so I mean, if you're Dak, in this scenario, it's kind of obvious. You don't want to sign with the Cowboys anymore. Yeah. You're asking for that much after just now coming off of a season-ending injury, then you're not wanting to sign with them anymore. You're yeah. want, you're either saying, hey, if I'm coming back to this team, I want some money in my wallet, for real, just by yeah. doing it. And I and don't think this problem is you got potential in this team, for real. Oh, yeah. But, like, I don't know if it's because you don't like Jerry Jones or something. If that, if there's tension there, I don't know, man. Jerry Jones is known, has found ways to destroy the hope or the franchise of the Cowboys in certain ways, in his own ways. Like, yeah. Um, like, he's just an honest. older guy who doesn't need to be a general manager, period. Oh, yeah. But um, honestly, and I get what you're saying, and I definitely agree with it. I believe Dak's going, you know, either Jerry Jones, he, either Jerry Jones is going to pay me this enormous sum of money to keep me, or he's going to take the route that I think he is, and he's just going to say, "Get out of here! I don't need you anymore." You know, go to free agency, go somewhere else, and you know, exactly. pedal your goods elsewhere. You know. I feel like he's got that mindset because he knows how Jerry Jones is. 
Yeah. Jerry Jones is very picky. He won't pay a player that much, and he'll want the contract more on his own terms rather than the players. Man, and I, Jerry Jones don't need to be in management, dog. I believe no, that, yeah. Not he, general manager. He's senile, dude. He's barely conscious enough to Yeah. He's barely conscious and young enough to be a freaking owner now. Yeah, it's 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 almost like it's almost like the Bill O'Brien situation. Like mm-hmm. the guy you didn't think he was mental in the head, like out of his mind. But like with Jerry Jones, there's almost no doubt. No disrespect to my man. Like he's got a legacy there, you know. At the oh, Cowboys. Yeah. And I don't mean anything against his family or nothing. But, like, my goodness, dude. How many insane stuff can you do? Like, even back in his day with Jimmy Johnson. Yes. People could argue he had a Super Bowl team under Jimmy Johnson. And they won two Super said, Bowls nah, with him. You need to get out of here. Yeah, they won two Super Bowls with Jimmy Johnson and – Jerry Jones gave him the boot. And he, yeah. Or I was sorry, they had won Super Bowls with him. Yeah. And then we don't know why. Their relationship showered, and then all of a sudden, Jerry Jones said, get out. And Jimmy Johnson was gone. So, I mean, Jerry Jones does have a history. Even with the, even when the Cowboys were at their peak. Yeah. I believe. Was is he old? No, I don't think he was that old. I was gonna say he also gave Tom Landry the boot, but I think that was someone else. I think that was Tex Schramm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that was before Jerry. Yeah, it was Tex Schramm, crazy guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on from uh, Dak Prescott and our feelings, uh, Big Ben. Resigning with the Steelers for five million less. Now, I do have the. Uh, I don't have to look it up right now. I remember the speculation on this contract. I remember how much less it is. So, Big Ben was getting paid nineteen million last year, last season. Yeah. This, you know, he's restructured his deal to where he's only making fourteen million this season. So he's taking a five million dollar pay cut. Is that a lot? For in a quarterback's eyes that has played for a franchise that as long as Big Ben has, it can. But in my opinion, whenever you say restructuring a deal, I expected them to cut him at much or at least five million. I honestly expected them to cut him around eight million. Yeah, seven, maybe nine, eight, something like that. Yeah, keep some cap room because. Big Ben's restructuring his contract solely because he wants to bring back pieces. Bring back the pieces. Yeah, the bring back the team. But the it's fact that, that But the fact that him and the Steelers, you know, front office have only been able to come on terms to where they cut off five million from his uh contract, it seems like either the front office is prioritizing quarterback over everything or Big Ben, you know, has limits to what he wants his contract to be cut to. And either way, it can spell bad. It can mean bad news for that franchise. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, just honestly, I mean, who you got behind him? You got Dwayne Haskins and 
Oh. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. I believe – no, Delvin Hodges, I think, was is gone. Yeah, he's Maybe. gone. Yeah. So, you've got those two quarterbacks. One's future doesn't look bright, and the other one's barely had two years of experience in yeah. a system that didn't really suit him in the first place. So – but I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Are they gonna were they gonna entrust it to Dwayne Haskins, which honestly I don't think he's the future. Me neither. There. But um honestly, they're not gonna trust it to uh Mason Rudolph anytime soon either. I mean, you saw what happened whenever he took the mantle of starting quarterback. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that's honestly all I got to say about Big Ben. I honestly thought I'd be a little bit more peeved, but yeah, it's one of those things where you've got to come to terms. You've got to understand that if you're restructuring your deal and you want to bring back so many players that are really dominant and are going to want a lot of money, you need to restructure your deal for more than $5 million cut. Yeah, it's- and $14 million for a quarterback? Ain't a whole lot, yeah. even though I get it. He's like what thirty eight, I think. Big yeah. Ben's like thirty eight. He's pretty close to forty, and I get it, you know. But like yeah. fourteen isn't a whole lot for a quarterback in that scenario. So, I mean, five mil. I was guessing it's gonna be more around the ten range, like eight nine, because they yeah, caused drama around it. Right. But I mean, if if they can bring back pieces now, like by all means, drop in five mil. Oh as yeah. Long as it, if that makes a big deal to the franchise, I don't know how it does. But like, then sh- shoot, do it, like for real. True. I get you. Shoot, all right. So well. our final, our final thing, and the one that hurts my heart the most. We have had a great man and a great player retire recently. I believe it was Thursday night because I got the notification Friday morning and quickly wrote it down. The Chiefs fullback, and yes, I did say fullback. It is still very sad, even if the fullback is not a popular position. The Chiefs fullback, Andrew or Anthony Sherman, has retired, and it makes me sad. Man, yeah, yeah. The man was very, very good. When his number was called, he always showed up no matter what. Man was a backbone for that team, and a lot of people didn't see it. But, you know, it's later on, I feel like he wasn't used near as much in the first part of his career. But, you know, fullbacks are very necessary. Some people don't see why. But they can be. I mean, look at how the 49ers have utilized Kyle Gusecek. Yeah, respect goes out to my man Anthony, though, and Kyle. Kyle, too. They both yeah. they both were a huge piece in that offense. And the deal with Anthony Sherman is I've looked at the depth chart. I don't think they got anybody behind him that they could play. And not right. only that, they would worked with him on plays like screens, you know, like, they'd be 
they'd be a fake screen to the right, and then they'd screen it, and then they'd pitch it up the middle or something, like what yeah. they do with Travis all the time. It's some little shovel passes. They're like read options, and yeah. they either hand it off to the running back, run it with, run it with the QB, or just pitch it ahead of you. Exactly. And it's sad to know that they won't be able to run it with him on the court. But at least I will say, yeah, at least he retired a Super Bowl champion. Yes. So, good luck to him in retirement and. He is going to be sorely missed by the NFL and by the Chiefs and by Chiefs Kingdom. I know yeah. I'm going to miss him so much, but I hope he has a good retirement. And I'd just like to thank him for all those years. Ah, right, dude. I think I that's... do believe that's all the topics. Also, yeah. I wanted to mention two thousand plays. Yes, we are there. Thank you guys so much. It completely slipped my mind. Thank you for reminding me. Yep. It's insanity. Sammy, you want to go? 2,000 plays, dog. Thank y'all to the fans for real listening to us that many times, hitting us up. It just blows my mind that y'all would listen to our rambling for 2,000 total plays. Yeah. And like 27 maybe 25, 25, 26 episodes. It's been a crazy year. Thank you guys so much for sticking through it with us. Honestly, that's honestly all I can say. I don't have the words to say how great these fans are. Oh, yeah. There are no words. It's crazy how much you guys support us, and I thank you so much for it. Mm -hmm. You have no idea how much this means to us. Yeah, and and mention support. Go go hit us up on the merch shop, y'all, for real. Yeah, rep us. We may come out with something new soon. We still yeah. only have one design, but we're trying. We're brainstorming designs. Uh, yeah. But, like, and for real, hit us up, like, on Gmail and stuff. I believe our Gmail's on there. Um, yeah. Hit us it's up. It's all over the place. Yeah, so, I mean, check us out. Uh, we love hearing from the fans for real. So the support just helps us drop this stuff more because we know yeah. that y'all are listening and we know that y'all want to watch more and more. And so hit us up, man, because it gets us excited. It gets us to understand that y'all are listening. So does 2,000 plays. I'm not even going to lie, y'all. 2,000 plays gets me excited just hearing, thinking about it. So oh, yeah. thank y'all so much for the support. It's been real. Um, and that's really all I got to say for this one. All right. So I guess we'll wrap it up from here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to another one. Uh I mean, this was a fun episode to make all of them are. And we're going to go into more detail later on April 24th. Don't miss it. We're releasing our one year anniversary episode that day, but thank you guys so much for listening. Mm -hmm. And You know, God bless. Don't forget to keep him first, especially through all this. And we'll see you in the next one. God.